This is a fresh agenda, bringing your productivity and creativity together to generate your deepest work. Here is Christina Mendonca. This is a fresh agenda where we chat with innovators, entrepreneurs, thought leaders. I'm Christina Mendonca. Welcome to this little spot in the digital universe. Glad to have you here for a little while. Uh, I'm up in Oregon this week. I've done a few podcasts from here, and we've come back to this same little stretch of Oregon for about 15 years. And when I say we, I mean uh, mostly my husband and myself, but our family has come up to this little area. It's, it's just outside the town of Tillamook, where uh, the cheese is from, right? And it's called Oceanside. It's just uh, just a beautiful little spot. Not a lot of people know about it or have visited uh, Oceanside, Oregon, which is um, just outside of Neetarts and Tillamook. But the condo we purchased here when our youngest was a toddler has this lovely little view of the ocean and a path that takes you about a quarter mile through a forest down to a five-story staircase, uh, which is a lot easier going down than it is coming up. In the summertime, the weather ranges from 85 degrees to wind and rain and 50 degrees, sometimes all in one day. I think uh, we've had all of that since we've been here this week. This is definitely a sweatshirt beach most of the year, which is just how we like it. The path down to the little three mile stretch of beach uh, here in Oceanside is soaked in memories of chasing after our two little girls with pails and shovels and bundled wood for beach bonfires and making s'mores. And we've picked blackberries along this path for about two decades. We've trudged up the path with truculent teenagers who would rather have been anywhere but with their parents in a secluded beach town. And we've come here to, uh, to you know, mourn deaths of all kinds, businesses, relationships, literal deaths, and to weather storms, sometimes where the windows would bow with hurricane force winds that this area gets in the wintertime. It's very powerful. We've come here to reconnect with friends. We've had plenty of girls weekends here. Uh, we've celebrated birthdays and new jobs and sent our kids with their friends to celebrate graduations. And now my husband and I see it really as just a little sanctuary that we don't get to near enough. A place we can escape to a few times a year though to hike through just amazingly green forested trails. I've been posting a lot of pictures of those trails this week. We sip beers overlooking the water. We take naps in the middle of the day, sometimes on the beach, sometimes stretched out on our tiny deck. It's new every time we come, it seems. We have new experiences. And tomorrow, we're actually gathering with people we have never met on a property just outside of town for a potluck and a fireworks show. It's gonna be a real kind of small town feeling kind of thing. The invitation came from the owner of a local meat shop who we happened to meet by accident. We wandered in for something to eat. The guy came here from Sacramento and he used to watch me on the air there for years. So we struck up a conversation and we got invited to this community gathering, which is going to be a lot of fun, I think. And we thought about selling this place many times. Maybe you've been in the same situation. You have a place that's special to you that you've gone back to. Maybe it's a family property and you thought about selling it. You know, we probably will sell it eventually as we just don't get up here like we used to. But while we still have it, we get up here a few times a year to hike the most incredible trails. We make beach spaghetti and we are just renewed and changed by this tiny piece of property. We're going to talk to someone today whose job it is to find those special places for 
a particularly special person. He purchases and manages all of George Lucas's real estate assets. He travels all over the world looking for unique properties to purchase based on Lucas's tastes and business goals, and he negotiates for those properties with people in many countries. A place where, uh, you know, whether it's an opulent wine estate or a small beach condo like the one I'm in right now is so special to the owner for so many reasons. Lucas sold his film assets to Disney in 2012, including the Star Wars and the Indiana Jones franchises. So now he's focused on other kinds of businesses. And our guest is helping him find those special places around the world, those special properties where he can launch those businesses. My chat with Angelo Garcia is coming up. First, a quick word about our sponsor, New Age Aerial. It's more than a bird's eye view. New Age Aerial brings you beautiful vistas, breathtaking overviews, and an understanding of how things look from above. From movies to commercial photography and video, the drone team at New Age Aerial can get you the shots you need for a fraction of the cost of hiring a pilot and plane. These guys are experienced flyers too. Government agencies trust them during big crises. They can even send up a drone with guided monitoring from an engineer on the ground to get exactly the photos and the video needed. But they are also artists in the sky, getting those unforgettable and scenic shots that open movies and thrill at the beginning of large business presentations. We're very proud to have them as a sponsor because they are innovators in drone technology and use. You need them for a business presentation, a film, a, a real estate need, New Age Aerial. Check them out online at newageaerial.com. Enter promo code FRESHAGENDA and let them know you heard about them here. And stick around after our conversation with Angelo Garcia for an interesting article on creativity that I recently read. I'm going to try to get this uh, author of this article on the show very soon. But first, our conversation with Angelo Garcia. Angelo Garcia, president of Lucas Real Estate Holdings, joins me now. This sounds like a really fun job, actually, managing. I know it's difficult, but managing this vast portfolio. It is a fun job. We, uh, I enjoy it, and that's one of the reasons that I've been with George for the last, it's going on 15 years. So what kind of properties do you look for? I understand there are certain things that uh, George Lucas wants to acquire and other businesses that he has besides film. Uh, do you look for film-related properties or is it, you know, everything but film? Everything but film. Uh, we actually uh, enjoy looking at properties that gives us uh, diversity, um, it gives us the ability to do the things that we plan to do, such as, for example, uh, most of the latest properties that we have acquired would have the ability to have vineyards because we do have um, a vineyard and we make uh, we have a boutique winery in France, we have a boutique winery in, in Italy, and we have a boutique winery here at Skywalker Ranch. So th those are some of the things that we would do when we look at properties. Yeah, I was reading about that. Some of the vineyards in uh, not only Marin County, but also in Italy and, and France as well. And um, one called uh, Chateau, is it Marguis? Chateau Marguis, exactly. Right. And what kind of wine does George Lucas like or what, what does he want to make? Um, George Lucas... Um, doesn't it's he's not a lover of wine, although he will have a glass of wine from time to time. Um, but we do enjoy having uh, an array of 
of wines that we can provide and we can give to our guests and we can even sell it to the open market. Um, anything from in here in at Skywalker Ranch, we do have um, Pinot and Chardonnay, as well as we are introducing for the first time a sparkling wine. Uh, in France, we will have, of course, we are in Provence, so we have to have a rosé, mm -hmm. and we do have a very good rosé. We have a, a rouge that it's kind of a, a Bordeaux-style wine, and we also have a white wine that it's uh, slightly oaked. And then in, in Italy, we do have uh, two... Um, two red wines and one white wine, and those are all mixed. Uh, it's a combination. We are almost on the on the on the border between uh, Umbria and Tuscany. So we, rather than we calling it Super Tuscan, we will call it Super Umbrian. But it's the same, the same grapes, the same type of wine that the Super Tusk can have. All right. Well, Mr. Lucas may not drink a lot of wine, but you certainly know a lot about it and, and must be a wine lover. I am a wine lover. <laughs> I grew up with wine in Pico, and I uh, enjoy um, the, the being around wine. Yes, yes, me too. Me as well. And I really am enjoying the Douro region wines lately. I, I really enjoy uh, those. They are, doing, they are doing fabulous. I think it's been one of the areas that Portugal is uh, coming up into, first of all, the quality of wines coming out of Portugal are exceptional now, something that was not the case about 10, 15 years mm -hmm. ago. And both the Douro region as well as Alentejo uh, are making some great, great wines. All right. Well, let me know if Lucas Holdings ever uh, purchases anything in the Douro region because I, I'm definitely going to visit. I actually looked. I actually looked at the property about um, a year ago <laughs> in the in the in the Douro region to purchase, and um, it didn't panned out, but uh, it's not to say that we may not look at a, another one again. Fantastic. Okay, we've done our wine talk. Another one of the big projects that I see coming uh, for you is the LA Museum of Narrative Art. This was announced in March. Tell me about this property and what, what we're going to be able to see there. Um, to, to begin with, this the museum, we, when I say we, George and I have been working on this museum and the idea of this museum for over 10 years. So it's not something new. Uh, we were going to build a much more modest museum here in San Francisco at the Presidio. Uh, somehow that didn't pan out. Uh, once that didn't pan out, um, George's wife, Melody, uh, is native of Chicago, and she immediately said, let's go to Chicago, which George agreed. So we went to Chicago. We spent about two years in Chicago uh, working on getting the museum going there, and then unfortunately um, we had ran into some challenges, and we decided to come back to California, and that's how the museum ended up in Los Angeles, and why Los Angeles? First of all, because uh, George went to USC. Secondly, the museum is within walking distance of USC. And third, and probably the most important aspect of it, it's because the museum is to attract um, 
children, uh, people that don't have the means to go into the museums and make them feel at home. And and what better place but in uh, South Los Angeles to build such a museum? Right, and, and we're just you know it's it's obvious it's going to have some sort of Star Wars component. But what other types uh, of very exhibits? So very small. But we we do not have that much. It's a narrative art museum. Okay. It's not a Star Wars museum. Um, it's not to say that we, they don't. They may not. Have, they will have a few things of Star Wars. But from a narrative perspective, not necessarily to celebrate the the work of George as a Star Wars producer and writer and and executive director. Okay. Um, it is primarily a narrative art museum, and it's going to be more focused on, you know, Rockwell, for example, than it is on anything else. Oh wow! Okay, that sounds fantastic. And do you have a, a approximate opening date, or is that still all in the planning stages? It's the, the 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 opening day is on in the planning stages. We do have uh, we anticipate finishing the construction um, late third quarter, fourth quarter of 2021, and then it's a matter of um, the museum folks to get everything ready to have the opening. So how did you, I mean, I don't know, I mean, I know that you have a Portuguese background, as do I, and, and I don't know if you grew up in the Central Valley, but tell me a little bit about how you uh, connected with George Lucas and got this, uh, you know, fabulous, fabulous position and, and wonderful job. I, um, by accident, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I am uh, originally from the Azores, from the Pico Islands. I, uh, my father, my parents came and migrated to the, to the U.S. I stayed back in, in Portugal to go to school. And then when it was time for me to come to go to university, I came to join them. Um, and I got a degree in civil engineering and went to work in Europe for a few years, uh, then came back to the U.S., um, Worked and actually took Oracle uh, internationally and worked for Oracle for about three and a half years, doing a bunch of different things, including um, building the headquarters for Oracle and at Redwood Shores. And then from there, I went to Adobe Systems and did the headquarters for them in, in Europe, the headquarters for them in, in India, and the headquarters that he, they have downtown San Jose. And because of all of that, I have gained a tremendous amount of experience in managing large assets. And when George, uh, back in 2003, 2004, when he started to think that he wanted to to sell eventually Lucasfilm. Uh, he wanted to separate all the intellectual property from all the other property that he owned, and so that he would have the ability to only sell the intellectual property to whoever he was going to sell it. So he started looking for someone, and that's how I came about and joined him. And from that point on, it's been... A lot of fun. How is this different? How is this type of position working for someone like George Lucas different than what you were doing for Oracle in terms of just managing large, um, large assets? Um, of course, we are, we are much, much more creative. 
than when I was with either Oracle or Adobe Systems, where these are public companies, and as public companies, we have a tendency to think uh, from quarter to quarter to make decisions that are focused on what we're going to get out of that decision in the next three or four quarters. Here with George, we have a tendency to plan long-term. We make decisions not necessarily on a quarterly basis or even on a yearly basis, but we make decisions that are long-term decisions. Um, And because of that, makes um, a decision process to be a lot more effective, primarily due to the fact that uh, we have always long-term, I, you know, our, you know, our main focus is long-term. How much we are going to gain from long-term from that decision? Right. And how um, how do you feel like you were able to bring more of your creative self to these projects? I mean, do you make suggestions? Do you uh, are, are you involved in all of the decision making for what kind of properties will be purchased? Yes, we. I am. There are certain things that I'm actually the only person involved. There's other things that, of course, anything that has to do with design and anything that has to do with the look and and feel, George is very much an integral part of the decision process, and we love to work together in doing that type of work. Um, we we have a very good relationship when it comes to planning on these uh, on these properties. Um, we look at it as what can we do short term, what we will be able to do long term, and and we make the decisions that are based on, on that on us talking to each other about that. When I looked at kind of your background and what other people had to say about you, um, uh, people said that they you were always on their short list to consult when it comes to planning business plans and strategies. What have you learned about? human behavior from your work in negotiating and, and strategy building? Uh, the, <laughs> what the, I've learned a lot. I've learned to, one of the main things is to, to, to let, your, let yourself um, get involved in the negotiations and not necessarily from the perspective of taking advantage of the other of the other group, of the other person that's negotiating with you, but of coming up to a decision, creating a decision matrix in which both sides feel that they got something out of it. And sometimes that's that's the key to get some of these uh, negotiations done and done quickly. Mm-hmm. So when you approach a negotiation, do you already kind of know what your party, uh, what the other party wants? And so you try to build that matrix and and do some give and take. Because, you know, when someone says, hey, uh, George Lucas Holdings is interested in purchasing a property, a lot of people think, oh, okay, this is a very um, wealthy person that has uh, a lot of money to spend on properties. And and you, of course, have to make sure that the company's not taken advantage of in that way. So do you have an idea of what they want when you approach a negotiation? Um, when we approach that type of negotiations, what we do is we actually do a very in-depth analysis of what is the value of that property on the open market. And we give ourselves a certain amount of latitude, plus or minus, 
And when we approach uh, the negotiations, we make the other side understand very clearly that we already understand what the value is. So please don't waste anyone's time and come back to us with the price that an exorbitant price because we are not going to even look look at it. What do you think are the next wave of of properties that you're interested in or looking at? I mean, you've talked about the wineries. You've talked about the museum. What are some other kinds? You said you really want to diversify some things that George Lucas is interested in. And are they within the state or are they they international? We do have some properties international. We do have, so that you you understand, we we have a very large investment at the Presidio in in San Francisco, we have a million square feet of commercial uh, real estate in San Francisco. We have about a, um, a little bit over a quarter of a million square feet of, of commercial real estate in Singapore. Um, above and beyond these these other investments that we make that are more into uh, something typical to the Skywalker Ranch, which is a lot of land with the ability to to build, uh, because we also have a hospitality aspect of it. So both Chateau Marguerite as well as uh, the Convento in in in, in Italy, uh, they both have the ability to. We rent uh, some of the uh, lodging for on a weekly basis. So we have also that hospitality aspect of it, uh, and that's one of the areas that we may look into. Uh, expanding a little bit. Um, the other area is the commercial uh, properties, which are very much um, our bread and bread, our bread and butter, and they are the ones who provide us. They are the cash cows for us. Mm-hmm. So th- we probably would do a little bit more investment in the commercial real estate a- the arena. How much of your day do you get to spend? Uh, you know visioning all of that and how much of your day is spent just managing the current assets? Uh, most of my day is spent on the, on the plane. So, uh, I spend, I have a tremendous, my, my schedule is very tight. And so therefore, um, I do spend a lot of times uh, thinking and strategizing literally when I'm sitting for hours and hours on the plane because I am bound to be sitting on that seat. Um, when I come out of there, uh, I have a hectic schedule where I do meet with all my direct reports and uh, am continuously in touch with them. Uh, one of the things that uh, uh, we have here is that we do not have a, an eight to five uh, day. We, we, have, we have 24 hours a day uh, so literally seven days a week uh, that we we are open, and if I'm traveling uh, in Europe or in Asia, and someone needs to talk to me, they call me, and we talk, and vice versa. Right. So you know, I ask this of everyone I interview. Um, so with that busy of a schedule and that this demanding of a position, what do you do? For yourself to stay creative, to uh, replenish yourself, so that you can continue to work at such a high level. Do you read? Do you have a hobby? What do you do? I um, I have a couple of hobbies. I I like to 
to ride a bike. I do some exercise every morning. Uh, but the main thing that I do and I've been doing it since I've been with George is that I take, uh, I work for four to five weeks every summer. I work remotely from uh, uh, my house in the Azores. Okay, and that just kind of being around the sea and being being in that in that home environment, um, you feel like replenishes you enough. Yes, it does. All right. So what what's coming up for you in the next few months here? Are there any exciting new acquisitions or things that you're checking out? No, I'm actually leaving next week on fourth of July. I'm leaving for you for Italy and for France. Uh, and and the reason being is we are doing a tremendous amount of remodeling on both uh, France and Italy. Uh, so that takes a little bit of my time. And uh, at the end of the month, I'm going to go for my four weeks to the Azores. So that's, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to at, at this point in time. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. All right. So if we have one, uh, one place that we can visit to experience uh, one of the Lucas properties and can take a vacation or some time, which property would you suggest? I think personally, I think the Italian property would be the, the, the ideal property because it was designed from they want to be a home um, that is inviting, that it's uh, in, a, in, a, in a very, very nice location. Um, and it gives a feel of being away from, away from the world. Lovely, lovely. And one final question. So if someone uh, is listening to this and think, my goodness, that sounds like uh, something I would love to do eventually, uh, do this kind of high-level property acquisition, what would be your suggestion? Patience. Mm. You need to have a lot of patience. Um, and the reason being is um, there are so many properties out there that uh, have potential the key is to weave through all of them and pick the ones that you really feel that sits within the the ideology that you have. And that takes time, takes patience, and also takes a lot of money. So whoever goes into this business needs to have quite a bit of money. <laughs> all right. Angelo Garcia, thank you so much for your time. We so appreciate you being with us today. Yes, it all does take quite a bit of money. So maybe a chateau in France is not in your immediate future. I know it's not in mine. Uh, however, maybe a, a small cabin in the woods or a small condo at the beach or another little place that is become uh, can become your sanctuary is in your future too. So hope you'll enjoy the conversation with Angelo Garcia, president of Lucas Real Estate Holdings. I actually met Angelo through a mutual contact through an organization called Palcus, which is a national Portuguese American association. His family is uh, one from is from one of the same Azorean islands as my family, Pico. Okay, I promised at the top of the show that I'd have a great article for you on creativity. And I've decided on some of these shorter interviews to do an end segment on something that is inspiring me lately. Today, it's James Altucher. Now, I'm trying to get him on the podcast, but he's tough to nail down. He is a prolific writer and speaker on productivity. The dude just exhausts me with everything he does, but I loved a recent blog he did about making your brain sharper. 
Who doesn't want that, right? Okay, here are his suggestions, which I am now trying to follow. Read every day. Admittedly, I take in uh, a lot of books via audio. I love the format. That's why I do a podcast. And I'm doing other things throughout the day as well. So reading books via audio is great for me. Altucher suggests reading fiction, nonfiction, and something instructional on games each day. The nonfiction will teach you. The fiction will help your emotional intelligence. And the game book will sharpen your competitive skill. I rarely juggle three books at a time, but right now I am reading Skin in the Game, Hidden Asymmetries in Daily Life by Nassim Taleb. Now, this book will twist your brain. It's very philosophical, but he is a genius writer. So even if you have to back up and listen to certain sections or read certain sections again, it is well worth your time. For fiction, the most recent read I had was Ready Player One. I love science fiction, which is why I picked that one. And it is a great book. I was curious after the movie came out. And I haven't read anything on games, although as a kid I was an avid chess player, so I'll look for something on that topic sometime in the future. Altucher says games are important because they are harmless ways to explore the death match of life. A bit dramatic, but an important tool to help sharpen your competitive thinking. Okay, next way to sharpen your brain. Altucher says, come up with 10 ideas a day and write them down. They don't have to be 10 good ones. In fact, they will probably mostly suck. But if you practice this, you might come up with one or two really good ideas a year. So I'm trying to do that now. 10 ideas a day, writing them down. Uh, watch more comedy. This one uh, should be pretty easy for most of us because most of us love comedy. But Altucher, who performs comedy himself, tells us why this is important. He says comedians are the world's philosophers and comedy is the hardest skill on the planet because you have to have confidence, charisma, and control over the audience. You have to read people, improv, have impeccable timing, and you have to seize upon and know how to leverage the unexpected when it shows up. If you go to my website, christinamendonza.com, I'll post the full article under this week's podcast and I'll link to it on my This Week and Latest Work segment as well. Okay, finally, before I say goodbye, let me tell you about our other sponsor, New Age Designs. New Age Designs, web design development with a purpose, ambition, and analytics. If you need digital marketing, you need design, SEO, SEM, Google Analytics setup, they can do that. They'll get you all set up with web hosting and they know all the key technologies. New Age Design staff has spent decades managing various UX and web marketing projects for large corporations, giving them the opportunity to work with the most talented digital agencies in the world. They can help you. Check them out at newagedesigns.com. When you reach out, use the code FRESHAGENDA. They'll take great care of you. Once again, I am so very thankful for your time and for your comments and for all the likes and shares. So appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Let's stay connected. This is a fresh agenda, bringing your productivity and creativity together to generate your deepest work.